0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa and I'm your host. Today, we're talking with Epiphany Jordan, and we're talking about the power of the human touch. This is a really great conversation because a lot of people, when they think about the human touch, they equate human touch with sex, and that is not at all what she says. Now, I do have to warn you that she did say something that I did not necessarily agree with, um, but, and I thought it was going to go off the rails, but it didn't. She has a point in it, so please stick with her if you are a Christian and she mentioned something about a pagan ritual, just stick with her because it brings around to her point of how important touch was, It's especially if you're a Christian, as I am, because even Christian people are supposed to touch each other and they're supposed to have the power of community, and basically that's kind of what it's all about. So I really hope you enjoy this episode, and because we're all struggling, especially the huggers out there that love to touch and love to hug each other, and they can't do it because of this pandemic. So you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Welcome to Chats on the Blog, cabin. Um, as you know, March is Women's History Month, Women Appreciation Month. So every single solitary day, you know I'm sharing a quote by a famous woman. And this particular one, I think, kind of goes with what we're going to be talking about today. And it goes like this. I'm an example of what is possible when girls from the very beginning of their lives are loved and nurtured by people around them. I was surrounded by extra, extraordinary women in my life who taught me about quiet, strength, and dignity. And that was by our former first lady, Michelle Obama. So I think it kind of goes with what we're going to be talking about, Epiphany, about human touch and everything. So before we get into that, tell us who you are. (laughs)
1: thank you and by the way i was completely transfixed by your uh opening montage it was so cool it's really well done well done um my name's epiphany jordan i live in austin texas and i am on a mission to redesign human touch and I would say that this is, uh, I mean, it's come about for several reasons, but the main thing, the main reason that I'm on this mission is because our current paradigm of only equating touch with sex uh, for adults is something that's not serving most of us well uh, about of Americans are single right now. And it's also a paradigm that doesn't work really well for people who are partnered. And I would like to see us consider human touch as something that's more a part of health and wellness uh, physical health, emotional health, mental health. And um, I've got several different ways that I'm approaching that. And uh, I think it's a great conversation to be having, especially right now as lockdown and uh, COVID, the pandemic is kind of lightening up a bit, and we're going to be able to reconnect with each other physically. And how are we going to do that? What are we going to do? Are we going to do something differently from how we've done it before? So yeah, let's talk about it. I'm sure you have questions.
0: Yes, total. So first of all, (laughs) tell me, why did you decide, what made you decide to go into studying about human touch and redesigning human touch?
1: Yeah, I I've had to think about my origin story a lot. So, back in the early 2000s, I was studying sacred sexuality with a woman out of Atlanta, Georgia, and she was coming at it from a pagan from the pagan community. She was like, "Here, we are talking about worshiping the goddess and yet we're not talking about her and her sexual elements." So, when year I went and attended a pagan festival with her and she was doing several events and had a space set up and was doing workshops and things and one of the um, things that she offered one of the experiences she offered was called karuna sessions and it was an experience for people a very ritualized experience of non-sexual touch and I was very uh, I was I was just really intrigued by the reactions that people were having and how much uh, they were really getting out of it. It seemed really profound and the experience stuck with me. And about four or five years later, I started playing around with it and with a friend and people were just having really enthusiastic responses. So we turned it into a business. And then as I kept going through, I realized that this was an area that was really... Um, kind of ignored understudied um, kind of forgotten you know it's like a lot of people take it for granted I think a lot of times and so I started doing more research into it I ended up writing a book about it and um, I'm just I'm, I, I, I think it's something that it's it's one of those very small things that becomes really important and it becomes really important when especially when you don't have it. Um, which I think a lot of us have been getting that lesson in a big way over the past year. So,
0: yeah, I think I saw a meme one time and it said, check on those, the, your huggers, your hugger friends, cause they're not okay because, <laughs> they're you know, definitely you drive not. on that touch. You're not okay with not being able to touch anything.
1: Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, I mean, a, a lot of people don't have friendships or a network where, a community where they can get hugs and one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot during the pandemic is how many of us were getting our touch knees met in a transactional way whether that was you know going to get a haircut and having the stylist wash your hair or a pedicure or a professional massage you know it's touch that's nurturing but that we're paying somebody to do that service for us and you know all of a sudden that was gone and um So a a lot of people who were kind of surviving on that little amount of touch didn't have access to it anymore. And they were like, oh, okay, yeah, this is really hard. So,
0: yeah. So why is touch, human touch so important to our lives? There is,
1: there's so many reasons. I mean, if you look, the there's a lot of research and a lot of literature on how important it is for babies and infants. Um, if uh, children have a lot of touch as Right. Like in the first couple of years that they're born, especially, it sets us up for a lot of success later in life, especially in terms of emotional regulations and our ability to form connections. Um, one of the ways that they use touch a lot is with uh, babies who are prematurely born in the hospital. There are groups of people all over the country who will go to hospitals and cuddle premature babies, and it helps their organs develop faster. It helps them gain weight. They get out of the hospital sooner. So it's a big cost-saving thing. But um, as we grow older, we have fewer and fewer opportunities to to access it. And, you know, there's, there's been a little bit of research done here and there. There's a, a woman out of Miami, Florida, Tiffany Field, who's a neuroscientist, and she has an organization called the Touch Research Institute, and they've done a lot of research on different things. Uh, but, you know, there's, there are tons and tons and tons of physical health benefits, like physiological for human touch. Um, I'll give you a quick little rundown because it's a pretty impressive list. Uh, It reduces your blood pressure. It reduces inflammation. It protects your heart from cortisol. It boosts your immune system. It helps with wound healing. It actually, they found that it uh, counteracts the effects of alcohol. Um, It can be a pain muscles regenerate so you know these are all these are all like really amazing wonderful things that um, most of us don't have access to because we don't think about touch in
0: that way wow And so you decided to write a book that's basically the single person's guide. It's called Somebody Hold Me, the Single Person's Guide to Nurturing Human Touch. So let's talk about that, because obviously if you're not in a committed relationship, you don't often get that as much touch as you want.
1: Yeah, I mean... I mean, like, I am i have a very solid group of friends, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm part of different communities where there is a lot of hugging, but um, not everybody has that, and even if you do have that, you know, that's a little bit different than, say, sleeping in the same bed as somebody and, and holding them all night. I actually have some friends who are a young couple in their 20s, and they've told me that um, on the nights where they sleep next to each other and they sleep naked, that they feel a little bit healthier when they wake up in the morning. You know, there's, there's a, there's a lot to it. So I ended up writing the book after I got out of a long-term relationship. I was in a relationship for five years and it was very touch centric. We, you know, we were very affectionate toward each other and we also had a really solid sex life. And I knew from the work that I had been doing with my hands on business Karuna sessions that um, if I wasn't in, in a relationship, then that was not going to be much of a possibility for me. And so I started working on the book. The, the other, um, There was another reason for writing it, which was that Karuna Sessions' price point was a very... Um, it, it's priced as a luxury service, and I knew that there were a lot of people out there who needed what we did and they could afford it the least so the first part of the book is kind of going through some of the different like cultural and uh, mental barriers that we might have to to getting touch you know kind of a a, kind of an uh, educating people about it because it's such a huge topic and it's so nuanced there's so many different aspects to it that you know people are like oh I never thought about that so you know it's like you have to kind of do all this stuff you know go through all these obstacles mentally before you're like oh okay yeah now I understand and I see why this isn't you know very simple you know that it's not just like boom I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to do it and then the second part is basically it's like a workshop in a box and or in a book. It's a DIY workshop. And the way that I set this up is that it's something that's meant to be done with your friends, with people that you already know and trust and have a good relationship with. And it's meant to be done with a group of friends because you know, that paradigm of touch equals sex, you know, usually when you have two people who are touching each other that, you know, you're like, oh, that's something that's going to lead to sex. And so, um, I have it set up so that it's done in a group of at least four people. You can do it with more so that it becomes a social activity instead of a sexual activity. And it's more like a bunch of little kids playing, you know, everybody's like giggling and laughing and, um, you know, just kind of, there's like a very playful, innocent sort of uh, aspect to it. And then the third part of the book is okay. You've gone through all these exercises together. So what do you do from here? And the idea as well about doing it with your friends is that it creates a common frame of reference so that if you had a friend and you were like, hey, you want to come over to my house tonight and we'll cuddle up on the couch and watch a movie together? They would know that that was what you meant, that it wasn't some sort of like side load for, oh, you know, I want you to come over and hook up with me or what have you, you know, that, that you're actually asking for what it is that, that uh, you need, so...
0: Yeah, I've seen ads. I can't remember. I think Facebook shared it at one time, like a little article about somebody paying somebody, somebody to come in and just hold them while they were sleeping. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a whole industry now of professional cuddlers. A lot of them have been offering virtual cuddle sessions during the pandemic, which are cool. I got to be a guinea pig for somebody who was training to do that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, there's a lot of people who don't have access to it. I mean, even, even before there started being professional cuddlers, there's tons of literature out there. Um, like I, I did a lot of research on sex work over the years. And, you know, you find tons of stories from women who are sex workers where they're talking about that they have clients who come in who just like want to lay on the bed and be held and talk you know and there's you know it's you know it's like if you if you want that then it's it's surprisingly difficult to find you know I, I think men deal with this a little bit more than women you know it's like you know there's a lot of men who even even with a woman friend that you know they're afraid to go up to their female friends and be like you know hey can i have a hug because you know there's so much it's it's such a fraught space for for many of us so um yeah i mean there's there's definitely a need for um professionals in the space and um You'd be amazed to hear some of the stories of clients, um, you know, that people, a lot of people, you know, like one of the arguments against it is like, oh, people just need therapy. And it's like there's a lot of therapists out there who will send their clients to see a professional cuddler because, you know, as, as one of the um, therapists I know says, it's like you can't heal people just from the neck up, you know, it's mm-hmm. like you have to include our bodies in it as
0: well. Now I'm really curious about it. You said you were a guinea pig for the Zoom coupling sessions. Tell yeah. us what goes on there because that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, so it's it's been in response to the pandemic, and you know it's like you're you're creating you, you're in a video chat with somebody and. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of describing what they do, like, you know, oh, can you, can you feel my hand stroking your face? Or, um, you know, I love that, um, you know, it's like my arms are around you, you know, it feels, you know, it feels really good to hold you. And, um, you know, so it's more of an auditory um, experience. One of the one of the things that we did that I really liked um, was that like she had me grab a blanket and hold it really tightly around me, which is something that you can do if you're alone to kind of get that. I mean, it's, it's kind of a similar concept to the weighted blanket of just, you know, this feeling of being held tight. And I was like, oh yeah, that, you know, that feels really good. And, you know, as she was describing it, I was like able to my imagination was able to picture it a lot more. So um, yeah, there's, there's some people out there, you know, who are really having great luck with it. Um, You know, that it's, it's filling that need that they can't fill, you know, in person right now. So.
0: So you said there are some tips for people that, like you said, the blanket was one of the tips when you can't be around anybody else. Is there some other tips that you can give us?
1: I can. So, um, I actually, I wrote an article about this for the spirituality and health website a while back. Um, one of the things that you can do that's really great is, um, like you put your hand right here, kind of behind your earlobe and then stroke down your neck like this. And what that does is it, um, it activates the vagus nerve, which is this nerve that runs all the way through your body. And, um, it's, um, it's associated with, like, they call it, like, the rest and digest your parasympathetic nervous system. Um, so that's a really great way to, to access it. Um, another good one is you can take your arm, whoops, let me see, hang on, I it. like, you know, have it at an angle, I'm having a mm-hmm. hard time with uh, figuring out where my camera is, and then just take your, your fingertips and stroke very lightly going down your hand and your forearm like this, and this is also something that is uh, very relaxing that activates a lot of good stuff in your nervous system you can you can do the blanket thing um having a memory recall of a really amazing hug that you had that you can remember is good um you know while we're all like washing our hands so much right now when you you know when you put lotion on your hands afterwards it's like you know take take it and you know really really take a lot of time and be mindless about it and you can also do the same thing with your whole body you know lay on lay on the bed um take your clothes off and just you know spend a lot of time like very luxuriously rubbing the lotion in um and uh Those are a few of them. I'm trying to think off the top of my head what else, if there was something else in there. Those are the only ones I remember. I wrote the article a while, about almost a year ago at this
0: point, so yeah. So. What is the absence, how is the absence of touch affecting us? Because obviously with COVID, we're not able to touch people. We're not, we're like, hands off, you can't hug, you fist bump, or you the elbow bump, you know, you really can't do that much. So what's the effect? Gonna, and then in the long, longer run, what's the effect going to have in the long run?
1: One of the things that um, even before the pandemic that I hadn't heard people talking about a lot, um, you know, we're, we're there, I don't know if you've heard about the loneliness epidemic, that they're thinking of this as a public health epidemic, and one of the things that I've been really interested in that I haven't seen people talking about is that, um, like, loneliness in and of itself doesn't necessarily mess with your health but it exacerbates other health conditions and um the four things that they found that loneliness does that give you like worse health outcomes is um inflammation high blood pressure lots of cortisol and it messes with your immune system now i I don't know if you remember we when we just talked about that list of Mm -hmm. physiological health benefits that that um touch has those four on there touch reduces inflammation it counteracts the effects of cortisol in your heart um, it boosts your immune system and it lowers your blood pressure now those things are also associated with oxytocin which is the um, the chemical the hormone that your body releases when you're touched Um, but you know some of the things that that I've seen Um, you know, they're like, we just, I I, I think for a lot of people, um, we tend to get more depressed and anxious. We have a hard time sleeping. Um, we get very distrustful of other people. Um, we, um, you know, we find ourselves just in a bad mood where like our bodies are really tense and stressed out. It's like, I, I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you hug somebody or you're having somebody give you a, a really good long hug. And it's like, I, I, I have this all the time, you know, it's like, you can just feel the person's body mm-hmm. relax. And they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm, I'm safe with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think we're gonna have a lot of us are going to have a difficult time kind of coming back out of our caves and getting back to the place where we we can reconnect. I mean, some people are just gonna be able to go wild you know it'll be like after the um 1918 you know influenza pandemic you know 100 years ago came the roaring 20s you know where everybody was just like Woo! you know and <laughs> I, th- I think it'll you know it'll be like that for a lot of people you know people will be outside and hooking up and hugging and you know running around but
0: um not everybody's gonna have that experience yeah, because there will still be a lot of fear of if they're going to be, even if we're vaccinated, because there's so yeah. many different strains of the, the COVID-19 that we honestly there. I think a lot of people are going to be fearful to touch each other, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you on that 100%. And, um, you know, that's part of the reason why I think sharing touch with people that you already know and figure out figuring out a way to do it in a very deliberate conscious way um may feel safer for a lot of people than um you know trying to date trying to trying to get your touch needs met through dating um you know and and maybe maybe you start out with something really simple like you know going to get a pedicure um you know asking for somebody to you know going to the hairdresser and getting your hair washed and cut um you know, so that you can kind of reacclimate yourself to it, you know, mm-hmm. have this really slow kind of re entry. Um, I mean, uh, true confession, I, there was an article that came out about last May, I think, in the new york times where they were like hey we think it's actually safe to hug people so i've been doing that since since about may or june with uh, you know outdoors when i see people like go for walks with people a lot and if we're outdoors and we're wearing masks i'm like hmm, yeah i think that this is probably okay so um you know that's something else that people can do you know like go to go to a park and hold hands or you know i mean you can leave your mask on um you know, a lot of it as well, I think, is around kind of checking the numbers, the COVID numbers in your region, you know, the community spread. uh, It's, you know, if your city or town or county is below about 10 cases per 100,000, then, you know, that's that's pretty good. That's, you know, that's when it's probably fairly safe but you know we're all we're all gonna have to navigate this in you know in our own ways you know figuring out what feels safe and and what doesn't and um, yeah and it's you're right it's not going to be easy
0: especially for those that already have so much anxiety anyways and then they're going to go oh my gosh even though I've had the vaccine. I'm still going to get sick. You know, in their mind, yeah. it's, it's still out there. I'm still going to get sick. I'm, I'm going to be that one person that's going to get sick.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's and it, the the fear is real. I mean, you know, different people have. I've I've, you know, it's been an excellent uh, exercise in respecting other people's boundaries. Which you know, it's like. I've known, cause I've been doing, you know, doing work around this, you know, that that's a, that's a huge thing when it comes to human touch, you know, it's like, you have to be very cognizant of other people's boundaries and, you know, but, um, you know, during the pandemic, you know, I had some friends who were super, super anxious. And then, you know, I had other friends who I thought were, um, not as cautious as they should have been. And, you know, everybody was like at very different levels. So, um, yeah I mean people are going to just kind of have to figure it out for themselves actually I've heard that there's a lot of people who are like who are dealing with anxiety who are just like I don't ever want to leave my house again this has actually been really great and you know for the people who have a lot of anxiety or just flat out don't like to be touched you know it's like um You know, I can sit here and talk about it till I'm blue in the face, but it's like if it's something that somebody doesn't want and that doesn't feel good, then it's not, you know, it's not going to feel good to them. You know, if they don't want it and they don't like it, it's not going to feel good. And um, I would really encourage people to, you know, firmly say no and, you know, and to be and to be okay with that, you know, be like, I'm not I'm not ready to be touched. I don't know when I will be. And you know, that's just the way that I am. And, you know, I know it's, that's easier said than done for a lot of people. But, um, you know, everybody kind of gets to make up their own mind about that. And, and that's actually something for the people who are really hug, hugging, touching enthusiasts, you know, to be cognizant that, you know, hey, I know that you may not have had a hug in a year and you're, you're desperate for it, you know, but make sure that the person that you're hugging wants to get a hug as well. You know, it's like, you don't, you don't want to make things worse for them.
0: And that's something that brings me up to what you just mentioned before boundaries. How do yeah. you know what a person's boundaries are? Do you just basically say, sorry, I'm a hugger. Is it okay if I give you a hug? Do you ask or what? Or how yeah. do you set your own boundaries?
1: Um, So the, it's the, the boundaries thing. There's, you know, two kind of separate, sets of skills around it if you if you know that you're a hugger you know super simple five words would you like a hug and then stopping and being quiet and letting the other person answer you know and some some people will say yes when they mean no and you know some people will say no and you know some people think about it and be like yeah that's yeah that actually sounds really good and um you know if you're the kind of person who doesn't like to be touched you know all you have to say is no thank you i you know i only hug people that i'm very close to or i don't like to be touched or what have you and and just kind of stand your ground so um it's simple but it's not always easy um And, you know, it's just you can you can really accomplish a lot, I think, by just, you know, just paying attention and stopping and, you know, verbally asking somebody, you know, I mean, like, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of people and I think I'm one of them, I hope I'm one of them who's fairly good at assessing a situation, you know, like, um, you know, like, uh, if I was out to eat or something, and, you know, like, touching the waiter on the arm, you know, that, you know, I was kind of like, oh, you know, they probably, you know, that's probably okay. Or, you know, they were like, the other, other people, I was like, yeah, I probably don't want to do that. But, um, you know, when in doubt, just ask, you know, it's like, we get into a lot of trouble by making assumptions. And, um, you know, and people appreciate it, you know, it's like, oh, I'm you know the phrasing it as would you like a hug as opposed to can I hug you yeah. is um you know it's that you're concerned with what you know you're hey this is about what you want you know it's it's about figuring out where it up um, something else that's I think is really important to know about boundaries is just that they change. You know, it's like when somebody says no, it could mean, no, I never want you to touch me. Or it could mean not right now, not that thing, not with you, you know, and it's like, uh, you, you have to learn to not take it personally, you know, that the other person knows who they are and what they want and need. And that's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think nowadays people are so scared to touch each other because of the Me Too movements and all the yeah. other things going on. So let's talk about navigating touch during this time.
1: Uh, specifically navigating touch during Me Too? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's the same basic sort of script, I think, um, that, you know, t- just, just to ask. I mean, I think it's like, if you're dating, if you go on a date with somebody and, you know, they say, may I kiss you? I mean, that's pretty sexy. You know, it's like, of course we want the, you know, we want people to know and just, you know, be able to intuit what our boundaries are, but, you know, not always. And so, you know, it's this the same sort of skill set. Um, I think, I think a lot of people are, kind of averse to doing that in romantic situations you know again because it takes the romance out um so if that's kind of your if if you have that sort of um, mentality around it I think learning to read people's body language well you know if somebody's like like this you know Mm -hmm. or pulling away from you you know it's like oh they probably don't want to be touched you know and and taking no for an answer you know it's like, you know, if somebody says no, it's like don't keep hammering on them and, um, you know, just to, to do emotional check-ins, you know, how are you feeling and make yourself the sort of person that other people feel safe around. Um, I also I also think I'm, I'm actually a huge advocate for, you know, people getting their touch needs met elsewhere you know so that you're not going into a date where you're just like oh my god I need I need some touch I need a hug you know I need somebody to kiss me or whatever you know it's like if you've um you know had a chance to to get a massage or something where you can like oh okay you know then it becomes so that you're not quite as wound up around it I think which is also a way that um, sharing touch with your friends, I think, makes it easier to date. You know, because it's like you're not going to this other person and trying to get those needs met before they might be ready.
0: Another thing that you actually wrote about in your little um, thing that when you you applied to be on was, will we take? Touch for granted because we used to take touch for granted, and now it's like, oh yeah. my gosh, we want to have all this. We want to be able to communicate. We want to be able to see people. We want to be able to give a hug if we, you know, for a hug or some stuff like that. Do you think before why do we take touch for granted so much? Well, I think that
1: you know, it's like it's the the circumstances, the the culture around touch has changed a lot in the past hundred years. Um, you know one of the things I, I and I kind of got a great lesson in this last month I'm, I'm in Texas and we had that big storm and um, like I, I lost power at my house for 72 hours and it was cold and you know a 100 years ago uh, in those sorts of situations you would have you know in the winter if you lived in a cold northern climate your whole family would have been sleeping in the same bed you know to keep warm and so um so there's that, you know, the advent of electricity, I think, has driven us further apart. Um, fewer people are getting married, fewer people are having children. Um, you know, those are two sources of touch. Um, we don't live in intergenerational households anymore. I mean, like, I know my, my mother gets a lot of her from my niece from her granddaughter you know it's like she's she. my mother's widowed and you know she has this uh kid who comes over and snuggles with her all the time and you know she's my my niece is kind of a champion snuggler so um we're you know so it's like we don't a lot of us don't have those opportunities you know it's like our our elders are off you know warehoused in um retirement homes Um, a lot of us are more dependent on our pets we have much more intimate relationships with our pets than we did 50 years ago I mean I remember um, like our family dog never slept in the bed with us she actually slept outside um, the whole you know the whole time that we had her and um, you know these days it's like you know everybody or most people have their pets in their bed with them Um, you know we spend more time on our screens we're we're super busy. I mean, there's, you know, there's all these different factors. Um, So I don't know if it's that we took it for granted, but I think it's just kind of like it started to go away and it started disappearing. And, you know, it's like a lot of people just didn't notice some people have been very cognizant of it. You know, some people um, I mean, if you think about like somebody who, like let's say somebody who is married for 40 or 50 years and their partner dies and then, you know, all of a sudden they don't have that, you know, that constant source of touch. I mean, it's, you know, same thing if you go through a breakup. But um, I think a lot of times people don't be co- become cognizant of it. They take it for granted until they don't have it anymore.
0: And you, you touched on pets. Is pets good as a, a good substitute for human touch?
1: I mean, I kind of like to think about them as separate things. You know, it's like pets are wonderful. I mean, that's kind of been my main source of touch during the pandemic is my critters. And they're not a substitute for other people. Um, You know, I, I see that argument a lot, you know, around, you know, people who are seeing touch professionals. They're like, oh, just get a dog. And it's like, there's something about having another person, you know, who's like, yes, I want, I, you know, I see you, I want to, I want to hold you, I want to be kind to you, I want to be tender to you, I want to be close to you, Um, that, you know, it's, it's just not the same kind of thing, you know, I mean, it's like, oh my god, my, uh, one of my cats, she's, she's, almost 14 now and it's just like she just wants to be in my lap all the time. She will not take no for an answer. She's got really bad boundaries. Um you know and it's it's just like this constant battle when you know every day and so it's like you know if she was a person, you know, if she was a partner or a roommate, I could be like, "Hey, you need to get off of me. I'm I'm in the middle of doing some work here." Um, you know, so there's that that level of you know that it's not something that's really conscious you know that's like it's it's more on their terms you know it's like um but you don't get you know it's like obviously our pets most of our pets you know really love us and want to be close to us but um yeah it's it's different it's it's not good or bad and for a lot of people it's everything that they have but yeah, the pets are wonderful, and they're not a substitute for other people.
0: Yeah, because like you said, they're, they they know no boundaries. Like, they'll jump up in your lap in the middle of, like, a, a, an interview, or they'll just come in and rub up against you, like, if you're working on the computer. I'm thinking, I'm thinking <laughs> of my daughter. She has two. My oldest daughter has two cats, and whenever she's teaching online, there's one cat coming across the screen because it's like, no, you're supposed to be playing with me at the moment. <laughs> I see that.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised when one of mine is sacked out in the bedroom. Usually she's like walking across here while I'm doing interviews. So, yeah, I, I feel your daughter's pain for sure.
0: <laughs> so um, on the very last thing you said, nur- nurturing human touch is a far reaching and nuanced topic. So what do you think a lot of people think it's taboo to talk about touching each other?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I that is Um.
1: I would say that the main reason is shame. You know, it's like we all have this this i kind of idealized uh, uh, image of touch in our heads that you know you're going to meet your soulmate and they're going to know exactly how to touch you and you know as soon as you get involved and get married, it's happily ever after. And so I think there's a lot of shame that people have that it hasn't worked out that way. Um, I also think because uh, touch has been so sexualized or, you know, that we cram it all into sex, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like when touch becomes something about sex, it's like we don't have it for relaxation. We don't have it for comfort. We don't have it for support. We don't have it for, um, you know, calming each other down. And, um, you know, because we think about it strictly as something that's about sex, you know, it's like we can't, we we, we can't really separate it out in our minds, so it's like we can't talk about it, but um, it, it is really far-reaching. I mean, it it, it affects us, you know, there's, there's so many parts of our lives that it touches, no pun intended, um, and we need to be having conversations about it, you know, I mean, 50 years ago, we weren't talking about um, addiction, we weren't talking about shame, you know, we weren't talking about money, you know, we, there, there's a lot of things, you know, we weren't, we weren't talking about gender, there's, there's a lot of things that are beginning to be talked about, and, you know, we need to have more conversations, I think that, um, one of the things that I've heard the pandemic described as is the great pause. And, you know, obviously, that wasn't true for everybody. You know, there were a lot of people who've been working themselves to the point of exhaustion over the past year. But, you know, for those of us who have had a chance to kind of pause our treadmill sort of lifestyles, you know, it's a a great opportunity to think about how how we want our lives to be different, you know, how we want to live differently you know i mean like i've heard a lot of people say you know this whole like not having to get up and commute to work thing is really Mm -hmm. great because i get to spend more time with my kids um and so i think that there's a huge opportunity that we have right now to you know kind of re rethink it you know this is one area of our lives where we can be like you know i really wasn't getting enough touch before and i i need to figure out how to do that you know that this is something that i really missed and when i think back to how i was before the pandemic that that wasn't really all that satisfactory either so let's figure out a different way to do it and it's not something that's going to be super monolithic for everybody you know it's like people will you know i i kind of think of it as similar to exercise you know it's like if your doctor told you that you needed to get more exercise there are a bunch of different things you could do you could join a gym you could hire a personal trainer you could take dance lessons you could watch youtube videos in your living room you could you know go out in your neighborhood and run you could um take dance classes you know so it's like it's going to kind of be the same thing with people for touch, you know, that different people are going to want or need to get their needs met in different ways. And um, yeah, it's something that the conversation, you know, it starts with having a conversation about it, you know, because because we do take it for granted or it's something that's a part of our lives that we don't think about all that much.
0: Now, you mentioned twice now in this interview that most people equate touch with sex. So let's yes. let's let's try to, why is that? Why is that? Like, I can, like, you can say, Hey, I just want to hug. And then, Oh, people think it's going to lead to something else. So why is that? I would say that
1: a lot of it has to do with the romantic myth. Um, you know, the, the meaning of marriage has changed a lot over, you know, over the centuries. Um, and, you know, we're kind of at a point in our history, at least in the West, where marriage is really something that's about, you know, finding your, your perfect soulmate. You know, I mean, um, my uh, my father is from South Africa, and um, he's Muslim, and he still has relatives that have had arranged marriages. Uh, one of his uh, nieces' sons, who actually lives in the United States, had one um A couple years ago I don't don't, it didn't work out but um you know our idea of of what a relationship is supposed to be and what it's supposed to do for you is um you know it's it's changed over the years I mean a long time ago marriage was a, a business contract you know I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my daughter and you're gonna give me your your parents are gonna give me five cows or whatever you know oh this is a good strategic um union you know that'll bring our families together or what have you and so you know over the years as we've come to really romanticize love and marriage and sex um, it's it's become harder for people to get you know it's like you know the the number of people that are getting married is, is falling and um, it's also you know people are getting married later and later in life and so so I think it's just become a lot less available, you know, like, you know, we talked about all those different reasons why touch was less available, is less available to us now, and, um, you know, so it, you know, when, when it becomes this thing of, you know, that the only person that, you, you know, outside of your kids, or, you know, a, an occasional hug with your friends, that the only person that you're supposed to touch is the person you're married to, um, it just makes it that much harder to get. And also, I mean, you see situations in a lot of relationships where, um, you know, when a couple is having issues, um, not necessarily even around sex, you know, it's like if you have issues elsewhere in your marriage, like it kind of gets shunted off into the sexual realm. And so you'll see situations where, There are people who, um, like they won't let their partners touch them because they're like, oh, they're giving me a hug. They wanna, they wanna have sex and I don't wanna do that right now. So, you know, just stop, get off of me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, um, you know, so that's, that's you know, when I was saying at the beginning that this uh, paradigm of equating touch with sex doesn't serve people who are in relationships, outside of relationships as well, uh, you know, whether they're single or partnered, you know, I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult for people. And, um, you know, it's like when we have made it so hard to get touch, you know, that that's, you know, that's kind of your only option. It's like we've funneled all of the touch into this one silo and, um, it's, it's really hard for people.
0: Yeah. So how can we get off of that? That touch is equated to sex. How can we get off that norm? What can we do?
1: Um, I, th- I think we have to start by having, just having conversations about it, you know, to be able to go, um, you know, I, and, and the pandemic's the per- perfect time, you know, I mean, it's like, I, uh, once I get my second vaccine and I'm two weeks past it, I'm going to be, you know, I have, I have other friends, probably, I'd say probably about 40% of my friends have been, you know, at least had their first shot, you know, but I'm just going to be like, hey, you know, who's who's ready for hugs? Um you know it really has to start with having conversations about it you know and um to work through you know the shame or you know oh there's you know it's like we we think that there's something wrong with people if they're not in a romantic relationship you know and yet half of us are single and it's like we shame people about that like, oh when are you getting married or you know oh my god you're such a great person why don't you have somebody special or you know all, all these kinds of things and I think just you know to be able to figure out um different ways to to get those needs met you know like we were talking about with the exercise you know it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all thing for people um and just you know just I, i think just the place to start is is really having conversations about it you know this is something that we need to be talking about and you know we have to figure out ways for people to do this um and it's not going to look the same for every person and the solution won't look the same. You know, for me, um, I have the capability, you know, I have, I have about four or five friends that before the pandemic, um, you know, I could call them up and be like, hey, let's set up a cuddle date and they'd be cool with it and they'd know, you know, but that's not going to work for everybody, you know, for somebody else, they may need to see a professional or um, go to a cuddle party or, um, you know, ask around to a lot, you know, just even start by asking more of their friends for hugs. Um, You know, some people will figure out ways to do it through, um, like I know a lot of people who love to do um, different partner dancing and folk dancing and things because there's a, a lot of touch, you know, or two-stepping or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a, you know, a, a place where people get a lot of touch. Um, you know, there's, uh, you see it in sports as well, you know, when it, when a team scores and everybody's like, you know, hugging on each other and happy and, um, you know, it just, it's, it's, again, it's not going to really be a one size fits all thing, but, I think just for people to kind of work through the mental barriers you know and and figuring out um, whether they want more touch or less touch and then kind of figuring out like what the what you know is it um, is it my gender is it religion is it that I've had bad experiences with touch in the past and I've been traumatized is it that Um, I don't know people is it was it my upbringing you know that I had you know my my parents were not touchy-feely you know there's all these different things that people kind of need to think through for themselves and then once you've kind of gone through this mental obstacle course and you're like okay this is something I want then um, then you can try and figure out what the solutions are you know see what see what the different options are.
0: So, is there one last nugget that you want to leave
1: leave us with? I would say, just to be very cognizant that um, touch means something different for every person. Um, you know you may you you may be like, "Oh my God, this is amazing," And you know, I want more uh, nurturing human touch or platonic touch in my life. Um, but you might have friends who are like, no, nah, I don't need that. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait until I get a partner or, um, you know, just to, to be cognizant that people's frames switch, you know, like it might be one thing to go out and meet a, par- uh, friends for, um, a meal, but, um, when you go back in the office for the first time that you know ah, probably maybe not a good idea to hug your coworkers unless you have an office like that i i worked in an office where i was working with a close friend of mine and you know we the first thing we did every morning when we came in was give each other a huge hug for like a minute you know but you know we had that sort of agreement with each other um so yeah just knowing that there's not a one-size-fits-all answer and that, um, you know, it takes a little bit of time, you know, that it's it's not just about what you want, but it's also about what the person who's giving and receiving also wants as well.
0: Okay, and where can people find you at?
1: Oh, let's see. Um, my website, which is www.nurturinghumantouch.com is uh, probably a good central resource Uh, if you're interested in the book you can find it on all the e-retailers and it's uh, you can get a paper copy you can get a digital copy and there's also an audio book Um, unfortunately Karuna Sessions my hands-on business closed down during the pandemic and I'm not planning on reopening it at the current time but um You know, I'm happy to chat and uh, point people in the direction for resources if they need them, you know, Mm -hmm. feel free to shoot me an email. All
0: right. Epiphany, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and for talking about human touch, because I think that's a subject that everybody needs to kind of be cognizant on and realize that we all miss that, especially during this pandemic.
1: Yep. Yep. I wish people happy hugging as uh, things open back up and, um, Yeah, I hope that it's something that's really sweet for you. So thank you. Thank you for having me on your show.
0: You're welcome. So guys, we'll see you on the next chat from the Blog Cabin. Bye. Bye. Wow, this conversation was really eye-opening. I love the fact that she talked we brought up about different things like cuddle sessions and things like that and because honestly even my girls when they get together my three girls even though they're 19 23 and 25 they still like cuddle up and watch them be together like they're little girls to get all over again so we all have that need for touch and this pandemic has been hard on a lot of us and not just those that are stuck inside all the time but the anxiety rhythm ridden as well as other people. I love the fact that she gave us some very simple tips. I hope you heard those that you could do like just touching the the stroking your neck as you're talking or like bringing your arm up and bringing it down and just gently stroking your arm all the way down to help create the nerves um to get it kind of relaxed a little bit because honestly human touch is all about relaxation and relieving stress and i know in this type of community we're all pretty much stressed so i thank you so much for listening in on this episode and if you like episodes like this please let me know if you don't want to see another episode like this then also let me know um I love the fact that you guys are listening in and you're part of the podcast family. Please leave a review or rating um, wherever you listen to. Subscribe as well if you're on YouTube. And just thank you so much. And I hope you have a blessed day. And remember, keep chatting.